0: today we are going to sit down and dive the fuck in y'all i get so many questions about the main man that was in eat pray fml so today i am going to open up and really go there with you guys sit back grab a drink we're discussing all things javier Welcome to FML Talk. Oh my god. Wait, how old was the other girl? 19. Do you believe that's Hey, this hey. is Gabrielle Stone. Good book. I in chapter 6. He did what? 48 hours? What a dick? Yeah, but have you seen all the photos on our Instagram? And this is FML Talk. Oh no, she didn't. Every week without fail, I get multiple DMs of readers and listeners asking me. What's going on with Javier? Do I still talk to him? What's our relationship like? Did everything just completely end after Europe? And I never really fully know how to answer these questions, partly because I don't want to spoil any of book two for you guys because that whole story is, is detailed in there and I want you to go on that journey with me in the book. But also because it's... A tricky situation and we have had a tricky past and relationship. But I know how committed and invested you guys all are. And I so love and appreciate that that I wanted to finally sit down and do an episode around where I am at with Javier, how things played out a little bit after Europe and really how I was able to heal and get through the biggest heartbreak of my life. So when I realized that I was going to be doing this episode, my producer called me and was like, look, everybody's really wanting to hear about Javier. You know, we've talked about Daniel and we've, we've covered a lot of the, the other characters, but we, we really haven't heard a lot about Javier. And the thought of sitting down to do a solo episode around all of that made me break out in a cold sweat. So I said to her, okay, I'll do it if you will come on and do it with me, (laughs) like record with me. And it's a really interesting perspective because Jackie and I, my producer and dear, dear friend, um, met around the time when I had come home from Europe and became really close while I was going through a lot of the aftermath stuff that had to do with Javier. She not only knows him personally through me, but she also didn't have any preconceived notions about who he was as a person because she was not in my life during the FML shitstorm. So... It's a really interesting perspective that she brings to be able to have sat back and watched a lot of the things that went down post Europe. Um, so there are a few spoiler alerts in book two in this episode, um, that I'm I'm giving you anyways because I, I think it's worth it. And I'm sure it will uh, it'll be appreciated nonetheless. But um be advised that there are a few spoilers and um it's gonna it's gonna get really real here guys. So grab a drink with me and here's Jackie. I'm not gonna lie, I'm a little nervous. Why? Because well first of all, you're my producer. So I always feel like I dun, have dun, to dun. be really great when you're here when I record. <laughs> but also just because of the subject matter and this is one thing. I mean, you know, whenever I do my fucking Instagram questions and like let people ask things without fail there are five to ten people that are like do you still talk to javier what's going on with javier why don't you talk about javier
1: okay can i just say that you you and i are very similar in a lot of ways in terms of like we're very driven like goal-oriented women like independent but we're different in the way that we like (laughs) handle things Mm -hmm. like you i think because your mom is the way that she is she raised you to be like very like Like, you know, grateful and like above and like everything is so like, you know, you know,
0: gratitude, gratitude, like
1: (laughs) positivity. (laughs) And sometimes I'm like seeing the things I'm I grew up from a very like protective environment Mm -hmm. like my my parents are, as you know, like refugees. Like, so it's a different experience. So my my environment is always like protect what you have at all costs and survive. Yeah. So like the shit that happens to you, like you're always <laughs> like, No, I'm better. I'm gonna rise above. I'm like, no, bitch, it's time to kick some ass. <laughs>
0: like <laughs> I'm dead. It's so true. That's a really good point. Um, I'm getting better at finding a happy medium of that. I think that. It's I hold on to the whole everything happens for a reason. One, because I believe that. But two, because I feel like I would have just laid down and given up in 2017 if I didn't have that. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, there's definitely some things looking back on now, especially that I'm writing about in book two, where I'm writing and I'm like, yo, this is not fucking okay. Like none of this was okay.
1: Yeah. Well, and, and that's the thing I think you learned was the biggest lesson is that like, shit's not okay and it's okay to be like it's not fucking okay yeah like sometimes you don't have to take the high road and you have to stand up for yourself and by standing up
0: for yourself you're taking the high road
1: yeah as long as you're not hurting anybody it's okay to be like no (laughs) like i'm I'm not gonna gonna accept this yeah
0: yeah totally 100 um so this is an interesting situation because we just had jess on last week (laughs) britney but we're gonna keep calling her jess because that's how everybody knows her um we just had jess on last week and she was with me from the beginning of daniel all the way through to you know javier you and i became really close friends after europe and when i had already come back and gone through a lot of that so you have a very different perspective and Relationship with all the different elements. Well, in this.
1: actually, like our story is kind of more intertwined than I would have ever imagined. Because, like, I knew Tay yeah before I knew you. Right. Tay and I worked together in the same bar, and then you showed up, and <laughs> I was just like, "Oh, it's this girl that comes every weekend and like, <laughs> just gets what she wants." And I'm like, great, <laughs> cool, I'm all for that. But then, like after I quit and I was like getting my last check, you were, you remembered my name and I was like, oh, this bitch knows my name. She's cool people. Cool. <laughs> but then I had you on my podcast mm-hmm. and I got to know more about your story and I think you were in the process of writing the
0: book. Yeah, it hadn't come out
1: yet. It hadn't come out yet or like you had just finished the editing or yeah. something. So I didn't really know, like you just told me the summary mm-hmm. and like we just talked a little bit about it, but I didn't have like a face to any of these names. Like I didn't know... Who these people were. So coming into it, like actually, like hanging out with you and like building a friendship. I met Javier, and I didn't know anything. Like I was, she was just like, "Oh, you were just like that's the guy that
0: destroyed me." Not (laughs) destroyed. You didn't say it, but that's the
1: thing. You didn't set him up that way. You didn't set him up as like he destroyed my life. Yeah, you set him up as that's the guy that I was dating that he had to go by himself because he was grieving Mm -hmm. and so I went by myself and I wrote the book and I was like oh okay still protecting him yeah still (laughs) protecting him so I didn't know that it was like that big a deal right especially like from my experiences of relationships like I've been with guys that like they're not that good for me but I go back Mm -hmm. time and time again because I convinced myself like Jess was saying convincing myself like this is what I want right you know or they check
0: some of the boxes so it must be like I can fix the other yeah so i was
1: giving you the benefit of the doubt because i've been there mm-hmm. and then as far as him i didn't have any doubt to have for him because all i knew was this guy that you used to date that was inviting us to an event for free and i'm like cool <laughs> like, let's go <laughs> so like i didn't have any of this like backstory yeah so when i met him i was just taking him for the person he is yeah And the person he is is like really like energetic outgoing like really personable mm-hmm. he seems like very responsive he's connecting he listens when you're talking he's like interested in who you are as a person and not just interested in like hearing himself talk so I was like oh like I don't see what the problem is right right (laughs) okay cool (laughs) (laughs) so um yeah and then we all just kept hanging out
0: yeah there were there were many times where we would all go dancing because that's what you and I do um so we would often cross paths in that sense and um you know i was still really good friends with one of his best friends so it kind of like became this salsa weird dancing weird salsa dancing group group um <laughs> and we would all go out and have so much fun um but it was a very different um experience because i was still you know trying to convince myself that this was normal and this was fine yeah and it really took me a long time to take a step back and see things that were happening so clearly in front of my face that weren't really okay. Yeah. Like you were saying.
1: Well, yeah. And I think also, like, I had just gotten out of a sort of narcissistic, not sort of, it was. Yeah,
0: extremely. <laughs>
1: extremely. For like three years, mm-hmm. I was like in, wrapped up in this dude's vortex, right? So, like, I had already. After I got out of that and like reprogrammed my brain to be like, that's not a thing anymore. Mm -hmm. I was so quick to see things that I was like, no, no, run, do not, do not.
0: And I don't think it even happened right away. I think there was like a good amount of time that you were like, I don't really see the problem and this looks like great and everything's fine. And it wasn't until later on when really specific things started happening which I don't want to detail too much because that'll spoil a lot of book too but it wasn't until those things started happening where I remember very clearly we were in a bathroom at a restaurant and you looked at me and you were like what the fuck Gabrielle you would never allow any other person to say some of the things and to act the way that was like being portrayed at the dinner table in front of you. Like, mm. if that was Tay, you would have been like, yo, dude, shut the fuck up, sit the fuck down. Like, well, I had never. Not that he would s- ever say something like I that. I had,
1: but- from, I think we had known each other for like a year at that point. Mm-hmm. And I, in the year, and we were hanging out a lot. Yeah. And in the year that I had come to know you, I had never, and it was in your face. That's mm-hmm. what triggered me the most. Like, yeah. the look on your face. I had never seen you in such a vulnerable, like, victimized i'm a little kitten please don't kick me like state of mind and like f- physic your physicality changed yeah. from this like stand up straight like own my shit to like crouched like i don't know what to do someone help me i'd never seen that in your face yeah and that's why when we were in the bathroom i was like absolutely not i was like no yeah. negative like you don't let somebody have that much power over you that you stifle mm-hmm. yourself like to the point where you're you become just instinctually a victim
0: 100 never like and what's so crazy to me is that it's it's weird because you know i dealt with this a lot with my with my girlfriends that went through the whole eat pray fml process with me too um when you're in a relationship and you're so deep in the throes of like loving that person and you're there every step of every emotion on their face, it's like, you know, you see their hurt and you see their struggle and you feel the different things that you're feeling when you're going through this process with someone. It's so vastly different than when you're on the outside hearing a retold story of like well these are the facts and this is what happened and people have this total different experience of it because it's just being it's a story that's being retold summer is here and life is not slowing down for us anytime soon one of the things we have continuously relied on making our lives so much easier is factor meals no prep no mess no cleanup meals I have really been off the wagon with my eating since having my son, and for my health, my wellness, and my mental sanity, I have been switching my dinners to more healthy options from Factor. They have 35 different meals and more than 60 add-ons to choose from every week, so I never get bored. And Tay is continuously shocked every time he sits down to eat one because they are so freaking tasty. They have breakfast, lunches, dinners, and desserts, it's a treat to have restaurant quality food that is so easy to prepare and doesn't come with the insane Postmates bill. Head to Factormeals.com slash FMLTalk50 and use code FMLTalk50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next month. That's code FMLTalk50 at Factormeals.com slash FMLTalk50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next month while your subscription is active enjoy fmlers and it's like i remember saying to people but you don't get it you weren't in it you you don't understand how much it was hurting him to tell me that he had to go by himself you don't you don't understand like how painful it was for him and you know I, it was so drastically different than what everybody on the outside was perceiving so 100% i can see why anyone that was in my life had every fucking right to hate that man
1: well i think it's like a tricky thing to define right because yes he it was probably painful for him to do it but like as people just at our base core like just as animals right just mother nature Mm -hmm. we don't do things that hurt ourselves to do we don't like actively pursue pain for ourselves Mm -hmm. that is something that is taught to us by the people that are influencing around us telling us that we're Mm non-deserving but it's instinctually i would never do anything to like purposefully hurt myself unless i'm being influenced right Mm -hmm. so the fact that he did it to me and this is just my opinion my like perception of the world so i could be a hundred percent wrong to like half the people out there but like to me the fact that he did it meant that he was maybe a little bit okay with doing it yeah that he he did what specifically the fact that he like left you yeah yeah he was probably more than okay to do it Mm -hmm. it didn't hurt him that much yeah because if it did he wouldn't have done it I
0: don't That's just
1: my belief. No, and I, and I'm, I'm aware that it seems very like black and white. No, but- and I,
0: I respect it, and that's valid, and I think a lot of people listening probably agree with that. I think if he was sitting here, he would defend that till the fucking cows. Oh, came of home. course he would. Um but I do think that, you know, we had only been together for a month and a half, two months. Um it had been furious and fast and intense, but it was still a short amount of time. So although he knew she just went through this gnarly divorce, but he did see how okay I was. And like, you know, her dad had died. And like, he knew all of my things, but he didn't really know. Like, that's why when he was in the kitchen with my mom and she was like, don't hurt my daughter. And he was like, your daughter's the strongest woman I've ever met. And my mom was like, you don't fucking know my daughter then because she's broken right now. Um, so he knew, but I don't think he really deeply, truly knew. Like, Tay, he knows like even when oh my god i'm like gonna get choked up <laughs>
1: do it <laughs> producer brain is like do it Cry, bitch.
0: <laughs> um he he knows like when we have gotten in fights and i've had to tell him some really devastatingly painful things and they're fights where i might have thrown shit and walked out mm-hmm. um he has looked at me and been like I am fucking so hurt and so angry, but I'm not abandoning you. Like, you're okay. And te, we will get te, through it. Okay, you're talking about Tay. Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, because he knows. He knows how deep that runs in me. Mm-hmm. And if Javier had known that, I don't know if he would have been capable of really doing that to me. Granted, like, if you don't love me, like, we got to break up. You know, we got to handle it. And like, it's got to happen. But like, I don't, know if he would have been able to dive in mm. so head first if he would have known like what his actions were going to result in with my heart and yeah. my my spirit
1: well I don't doubt that and I think that if I think that if you guys had known each other for a little bit longer and like really had like gone there with each other it w- might have been a different story but maybe not like we don't know because it for didn't sure, happen yeah but what triggers me to be like he was maybe a little bit okay with like leaving you is because of Jana's mm-hmm. experience of mm-hmm. talking to him in the park that he knew beforehand. Yeah. So for let's, however many
0: weeks. Let's talk about that because we kind of brushed over it like because she told me when we were recording a podcast and it was in like the middle of a story and her face when she told me that when she realized I did not know that information, she was like, oh my God, I'm so sorry and not you know her and i didn't know each other back then so it's like she whatever but to know that that last week was hell for me i mean i went from being in this like total blissful state with this man um to not knowing like, what happened? Right. You know, that week was like, is he going to call me today? Is he going to text me today? Like, it literally went from 100% hot to 5% cold. And I was trying to force myself. And, you know, there were many days that, like, I didn't write about in the book during that week where – um he would come over and we would talk and I would burst into tears and be like, I just don't understand what's going on. And he would assure me that like he was just telling me how he was feeling. He was just being open and honest with me. I, I'm, he wasn't breaking up with me. Like everything was okay. So I was sitting there going like, I know this feeling. I know this isn't good. And he refused to like take ownership of it then. Right. Um, well, but
1: see, from your—that's what exactly what I'm saying—is that from your side it came so sudden. Mm-hmm. But for him, it was a little bit premeditated because yeah. he's been sitting on it for however long he's been sitting on it, yeah, and convincing himself that what he was doing was okay. Yeah. Do you see? Yeah. So like, it didn't exactly pain him mm-hmm. in the way you describe it because he had convinced himself that it was the right thing to do, right?
0: right? And and to For me to be in that state of agony for that week, like trying to help him in any way that I could to then find out that he had gone to a park with a female, you know, um, to talk about the fact that he had already made this decision and wasn't going to go with me days before I fucking found out and I'm the one going on the goddamn trip. Like the facts of that, story taking any of the emotion or like if he was dealing with whatever the facts of that are fucking bullshit yeah like that's insane well
1: it's uh, my philosophy is like okay let me just say one thing is that i actually like javier yeah so i'm like as do i guys bashing him in any way i think he's a great guy i think he's got a lot to offer the world i think he's smart
0: and know, Tay said that too when he ran into him. He, like, people I mean get it's it. not like you it's not
1: like you come across this man and think, oh, he's a fucking asshole. Not n- at all. N- the opposite.
0: And I hope that when everybody read this book, that they got that because I took a lot of care in making sure that I portrayed him in that way. Because I feel that way too mm-hmm. about him. But he what is that?
1: But what I think I think that my philosophy is that if you love somebody for however long it takes you to love them sometimes it happens in an instant sometimes it happens in a lifetime but in my opinion and this goes into abandonment and all of that because i have some similar stuff in my past as you you don't bail yeah if you love someone you do not bail yeah you stick i always say this and like I, this has happened to other friends of mine in the past that have had sort of like issues with their own self and mm-hmm. loving themselves that like you can do whatever the fuck you want to me. I'm strong enough to like hold my own but like you have me around for a reason and I'm going to stick it through. I'm not going to bail. Yeah. Right. Unless you come to me and tell me I don't want you in my life. I'm going to be there because I've already invested mm-hmm. my love and attention into your well-being. Yeah. So unless you come to me and you're like, "Jackie, I don't want you in my life." I don't bail. Yeah. You know, if I have love for you, I'm not going to bail. And that's just my philosophy. So when I hear somebody declaring to you mm-hmm. that they're in love with you and they want to go and have this adventure with you and they want to have your babies and they want to marry like <laughs> if you're going to declare that out loud for the universe to hear mm-hmm. here and you bail you lose my respect right because you're either being you're definitely be- being dishonest with the other person mm-hmm. but then you're also being dishonest with yourself to even declare something you don't mean yeah out loud like it's okay to think about it and be like do I do I not I don't yeah. know do I love her maybe I-. but if you're gonna speak it to somebody yeah yeah you better hold your own mm-hmm. like
0: <laughs> that's just my, yeah. my thing and I, th- I think that's not only fair and justified but I think he would tell you that he lost respect for himself in that moment too. I don't doubt it. Yeah.
1: He's that type of guy. Because
0: I do know how difficult it was for him. Do I think that it was so difficult that like he couldn't even go through with it and do it? No, obviously not. Like, you know, he was uh, at some capacity okay to do it because he did it. Um, But I do know like how hard it was. Um, I think what made the situation as a whole – so insane, apart from the fact that it like was right after I had found out about Daniel cheating and like left the house and got a divorce, um, was the way that it happened. Um, and I didn't realize this until really recently because I was scrolling on TikTok, as we do, um, and saw this girl doing a video on love bombing. And I had never mm-hmm. even heard that term before. so I didn't like, know what it was before we sat down to do this. I know. <laughs> so I'm sitting there watching this video and she's basically explaining that love bombing is when someone who has some type of void within themselves um, that's looking to fill that and feel better around it meets a person, has this initial attraction, and is like, oh my God, that's what's going to fill me up. And pours everything they can into that person and onto that person and like showers them with love and is like almost you know in an obsessive like this is it and we're done and and goes into this like heavy hot relationship and when they get that fulfillment or they realize that's not going to fill them up in that space that they were looking for anymore they're like oh, okay I'm done and bail And I'm fucking sitting on my couch looking at this TikTok video with my goddamn jaw on the floor and I'm like, that's what fucking happened to me. And it makes so much sense, especially coming from someone who had lost their brother and was still dealing with unresolved grief and quite literally had a fucking void somewhere in him. I mean, I had spoken to people that were in his close circles that were like gabrielle before you came into the picture we were worried about him like we didn't think he was gonna be okay um so there was very much a void there Mm -hmm. um in many ways that he had never addressed and you know for whatever reason i was the person that filled that up really instantaneously and and well for Mm -hmm. that month and a half um And it was so interesting to me because sitting here watching this, I'm like, nobody really teaches you how to deal with the aftermath of love bombing. Right. You know what I mean? It's Mm -hmm. like, okay, cool. That's what it is. And that's what happens. But it's, to me, because I've had, you know, long-term relationships that have obviously fallen apart for different reasons. I've never felt that way. It, it's it's a different kind of heartbreak than when you've been with someone for three years and like something's just not working so you're going to decide to break up. Right. Um,
1: But you know what? And I feel like somebody should slap me on my wrist for saying this. mm -hmm. It's almost good that you fell for it. Well, yeah. Because I think that that just shows that, especially given your past, Mm -hmm. the type of person you are to be open and inviting to somebody and believing them mm-hmm. your heart is that open yeah. because to me enough shit has happened to me that I'm skeptical about everybody <laughs> I'm like you said you love me but what does that mean right. like you know because prove it's, it happened to me enough time that I'm like what do you mean by that yeah and my boyfriend he'll look at me he'll be like what do you mean what do I mean I it, I, i'm here i'm doing the thing it's i just like, what said you, i love what you, you what do you, and, you mean <laughs> and i'm like oh oh yeah you're right you're right like you know what i mean but it takes reprogramming to be like okay that happened to me i'm gonna just be open to the next guy mm-hmm. so like it's kind of good that you fell for it because yeah. that just means that you're a very open like forgiving type of person it's bad the <laughs> aftermath of what happened because you didn't know how to deal with it because it's never happened to you Yeah, obviously um, and it's hard to navigate and like understand the world when somebody tells you reality is yeah. different than what you've perceived it to be.
0: One hundred percent.
1: But I I I kind of like applaud you Thank for you. <laughs> having fallen for it, just because that just means that like you're willing to try again. You yeah. get up and you try again. You well, know?
0: and I get asked that in interviews all the time. People are like, you know, after your divorce, did you or after Javier, did you like put up a wall around your heart and shut yourself off? And I'm always like, no, because if I would have done that after getting cheated on and leaving my ex-husband, I would have never met Javier, fallen in love, gotten my heart shattered and gone on this insanely amazing journey that clearly, as we sit here now, we all know has changed my fucking life. Right. Like whether or not anybody likes this man or not, he gave me in well, one way or another a new career. But then
1: <laughs> but then there's your answer, right? How yeah. do you deal with love bobbing?
0: You fucking write plane, a book bitch. about it. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Um, and, you know, to to piggyback off of that answer, though, um, when I came back from Europe, I was damaged. Like, I was not okay. Um, and I had to work through a lot of depression and still do a lot of healing. And there, for some reason, whenever you're – in that state and you're like i don't want anybody near me every person is knocking at your door like hi i'd like to start a relationship with you um i'm here (laughs) and i was just like guys no i'm i'm a brick wall like please walk away and when tay came into the picture i still felt that and it took wait can we
1: can i stop right there because we did we did the podcast and you were dating Tay at the time and I remember coming down stairs like walk you out oh we did your podcast you mean yeah yeah yeah. yeah. yeah, okay I I was coming downstairs to walk which doesn't exist by the way so don't like go looking for it. (laughs) (laughs) um um to walk you out and I was like oh so how's it going with Tay and you're like oh I don't know Mm -hmm. and in my mind I was like what I was like why i was like what's wrong? there's nothing wrong with him like, Everybody. He's like prince charming i was like what do you what do you mean what and then later on it like evolved and i'm not yeah. gonna spoil
0: it for the book yeah, 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 yeah. but
1: but like blew my mind yeah
0: and everybody felt that way i mean literally everybody was like team tay what the fuck is wrong with you what are you doing and i it wasn't until recently when i was writing this specific chapter in book two that i really put it all together And which is why I'm such a big advocate of people writing down their thoughts and feelings because you literally learn things about yourself and can work shit out. It's like therapy. Um, But it wasn't until recently when I was writing this chapter that I realized why I was, why there was so much hesitancy and confusion around Tay. And, you know, besides the fact that I needed closure on a lot of different areas of my life, um, I also really still needed to work through the aftermath of the Javier love bombing um but the biggest thing was that when Tay and I were together we would laugh and we would have so much fucking fun and like he was just so good to me and put me on this pedestal and like was everything that any woman would ever want And I recognize that. But, like, there was something missing. And I know you remember me every time we broke Mm -hmm. up. You were like, what the fuck is wrong with you? And I was like, there's just something missing.
1: Well, I think we had that conversation, like, three times.
0: I know. Because every time we broke up, (laughs) it was something's missing. I remember the
1: first time. Okay. So, back up. I didn't know that, like, there were still feelings for Javier when you introduced me Mm -hmm. to him. I didn't know that, like, there was still something possibly maybe still in the air right. I just thought it was like now you were friends right. after the whole thing mm-hmm. so I started to get ca- you didn't tell me right away but I started to catch on by the amount of times we were like hanging out with that group mm-hmm. and I don't think you were like dating Taya I think it was like in the time no, I was like never up and was I was like never hanging yeah. out with Javier but when I was. I was with but you would cry to me And you would be like I like you were in tears telling me like you really don't know what to do because your heart is like telling you one thing. Your mind is telling you something else Mm -hmm. and then they flip flop and then you're like your heart's telling you the opposite and then your mind's telling you. the So like in tears and I was like this is to me it was clear from the outside. I was Mm -hmm. like clearly but but when you're inside of it Mm -hmm. between you know door number one that gives you one type of life mm-hmm. and then door number two that gives you a completely different life. Yeah. And they're both good lives. Right, right. <laughs> like they have their they each have their faults, but like they're both like pretty good options. Mm-hmm. Like you're at a standstill and a decision can't be made. And
0: when you can't make decisions, that's when your heart breaks. Yeah. One hundred percent. When you're in that limbo stage. Um but going back to what I was saying the thing that was missing that I always kept going back to and was like this fucking Achilles heel for me in my relationship with Tay was I didn't have that like, obsessive isn't the right word, um addicted like high mm-hmm. that I had with Javier. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't until I did a lot of work on myself and did a massive amount of healing that I realized that that was toxicity like that's not a healthy thing to have in a relationship nor is that going to be there for a long-term situation Mm -hmm. um so i had gotten out of this loveless marriage jumped into this like intense wildly sexual and like very just what's the word I'm looking for that's not intense because that's the only Um, one that's coming to my head. Animalistic? Yeah, animalistic, but like just really like deeply intense. Like, and it wasn't just me. He was the one that was like – Charged, great. He was the (laughs) one that was like – prompting a lot of that like i was very much like let's just see where this well, goes and let him
1: need it needed it yeah given what he had just gone through yeah well without i realizing mean, he hadn't
0: just gone through it it was a year and a half ago so he had had some time before
1: before you went on the trip
0: you mean yeah yeah okay. um but i mean he was telling his parents this he was telling his best friends this he was like this is my chick like we're done sign seal delivered so I went from this loveless marriage to this really intense relationship and it, it redefined in my brain at the time what love was. I was like, oh, I've never even fucking been in love. Like, this is what it is. This is what mm-hmm. it's supposed to be like. Like, what the fuck have I been doing? Like, mm-hmm. why did I even get married? Um, only to find out later down the road and in my journey that that gave me a toxic definition of love. So when I'm now in this relationship trying to be with Tay at the first, you know, earlier times, I'm going, well, there, this can't be right because that thing isn't here. Even though yeah, that, that thing was the conversation that I the was first, searching yeah. for is fucking toxic. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So once I was able to figure that out and recognize that, it was like, oh my God, dude, I've been pushing away the real like... What people search for on a soul level, Mm. because I was searching for a toxic ingredient that didn't exist.
1: Adrenaline rush. Yeah,
0: and it's like running the
1: sprint, not the marathon. One
0: hundred percent. And Javier, to me, and he would sit here and say this to you too, became like a drug. Like Mm -hmm. it was literally like well well that it
1: that's exactly what it was because of the way it was affecting you not just emotionally but like physically yeah mentally like when guys when i tell you that she changed in time and space (laughs) when he was around i'm not kidding like it's not just like an emotional state that she switched on and off it was like her entire demeanor just like changed and that's what drugs do to you yeah yeah you know and so that that was my biggest trigger to be like, hmm, like there there was a point in time. And I think I told you this and you were like laughing at me. It's like <laughs> There's a point in time like I know you guys can't see me, but like, you know, when you're watching a really good movie and there's like a big argument on screen and you're just like like shifting your head back and <laughs> forth and back and forth between the argument. <laughs> like so like imagine <laughs> me watching Gabrielle's sort of aftermath love fiasco unfold with like popcorn just back and forth and, and forth. I'm like, what's gonna happen? What's gonna happen? Like, but like it wasn't my place to like tell you what to right, do. Cause right. you have to find that yourself. I could just like advise and be like, hi, warning yeah. signal, <laughs> warning and, signal. And and people just did know. too.
0: So many people in my life, you know, because I, I didn't talk to a lot of people about this, obviously, because people felt so strongly about Javier and what had happened. And um but the people I did talk to who were closest to me you know, everybody was felt the same way. They were like, this is very clear what you should be doing. This is very clear, like, you know, what's going on here. Um, But until the person that's in it and engrossed in it can take a step back and see that, there's like, it wouldn't matter what anybody said to me. I
1: know that you get questions from fans a lot of the time to be like, what would you advise someone who's in that situation? Mm -hmm. Like, what can I tell them? Yeah. And I think that, like, Maybe, like, I can maybe, like, stand behind this 100%. Like, you can't tell them anything. No,
0: that's why it's such you a can. hard question you to answer. You can only
1: just be there mm-hmm. and just, like, make them aware that things are happening. Yeah. But you can't force them. You can't, like, put your own perception of it on them. Like, they just have to go through it to yeah. learn. And as heartbreaking as that is, that is the truth.
0: Yeah. There's I, nothing
1: I... you can say to a person who's wrapped up in a toxic situation to get them out of it.
0: It's so true. I mean I get DMs all the time about oh my friend is going through this. I even get DMs from people like women that are like, I am in such a toxic relationship. He treats me like fucking shit. I do not know what to do. I'm so unhappy. And I'm like, just leave. Like and I and I say, I'm like, look, honestly, because they they ask for advice and like what to do. And I say until you make the decision to choose yourself and that you've had enough, nothing I say or nothing anyone else can say is going to yeah. help you get but there. But see
1: that, that that's the thing is that the reason why it's so it's because people pain people like people get attached to the pain that they know. Mm-hmm. They attract the pain that they know. Yeah, it's a trauma so, bond. So, so to change, like even if you're in a relationship to change into a better situation change is painful no matter which way you look at it from negative to positive or positive to negative. That transition phase is painful mm-hmm. and people would rather sit in the comfort of the pain that they know than to transition out into a pain. They don't recognize to hopefully make it on the other end. Yeah. You know, it's like you would rather go with the devil. You know that the devil you don't. Yeah. And that's what it is. People fall into the comfort of I know this is painful but the other thing might be more painful to to like get out of it. maybe I'll be lonely maybe I'll yeah. be like you know so I'll just stay in my pain because I, I know how to navigate yeah it. at
0: least I know how to handle this yeah 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 it's so, true. so
1: it's it's they have to just wake up like bring the light shine the light on themselves and wake up to know like okay this isn't even worth the pain like I'd, I'd rather take any other pain than this yeah like And like that's such a morbid like thought to be like pick your pain, you know, but like that's what it is. Yeah. And then eventually you come to realize that the second option isn't pain at all. Mm -hmm. It's just different. It's just change.
0: Yeah. I also think we have to address um, because the question I get the most apart from did Chris ever come to L.A. (laughs) Um, is do you still talk to Javier? and i never knew how to answer that sometimes at the beginning stages i did um because it was just yes um and i don't think people are going to really understand fully until they read book two how weirdly you know synchronistic and intertwined it all was like as i was doing certain interviews what was happening behind the scenes and like i mean it was gnarly. Um, but I guess to give everyone a satisfactory answer of that question, it it kind of depends on the month, the year. Um, I can say right now that I don't. Do I think that's going to be everlasting? No, I know there are specific things I will eventually have to talk to him about.
1: Knowing the humor of the universe, like five years from now, you're gonna end up on the same movie set or something. I literally crazy.
0: would not doubt it. It's I mean it look whose life we're talking about. Come right. on, I mean. <laughs> and Tay will be on it too. Like yeah, it'll just like be, it'll this, just weird be like this weird fucked up scenario. Like,
1: and you're all playing like siblings or parents. Right, or like.
0: right. I can't. Um but you know, it it does um it makes me happy that my readers that are now my listeners um are so connected to me and my story that they care that much dude it's
1: unreal yeah it's It's unreal (laughs) like the amount of influence and help that you've given people just from this book alone is like because i'm sitting on the back end like reading everything by the way spoiler alert like when <laughs> you get those replies on fml talk podcast that's me sorry <laughs> so sorry if you, about it if you
0: want to hear from me come to my page <laughs>
1: yeah um so i'm getting like that the import of what's coming in and like i'm handling also like the merchandise too so like when the like signed book comes in and people bring their notes i'm like dude like you're really like changing people's lives that's like Mm. amazing thank you and like i applaud every woman who's like like replied to gabrielle about their story and every woman that's like submitted their fml story to the show yeah because it like first of all it takes like so much strength to be like this is my story this is who i am Mm -hmm. and i'm going through it or i went through it or it's still affecting me somehow but i want to talk about it yeah that's like huge so like i applaud all of you but i also like it's just crazy to me how like words Mm -hmm. can change someone's life yeah like someone's story like you're changing people's lives and like that's that's why i'm doing this with you because i'm like this is like what everybody like you know when you're a kid you wake up and you're like i want to change the world mom (sighs) like you're changing the world you know and that's I'll stand behind that like day and night, you know, and I think that's great.
0: Thank you. That means a lot to me. And for those of you that do send me DMs, I mean, I get like essays sometimes and I, I'm i so appreciative that people have read my crazy story and have connected with it in such a way that it gives them the bravery to then share theirs, because we are so not alone. There are so many people, men and women, that go through these fucked up situations where they're like, "What? What's love bombing? What? What's trauma bonding?" That's the
1: other shocking factor is how many people have the same story. Yeah, dude. Like y'all gotta stop being shitty to each other. Like <laughs> I swear.
0: <laughs> Be better, everyone. Be better. Stop
1: being shitty to. Each- We're all we have in this world, you know. So like, stop being a dick. <laughs>
0: fucking a I can get behind that
1: okay so let's close this out one final question and it triggered Uh me with something that you said somewhere in the middle I want to know now that like we've talked about it and you know the difference between love bombing and you know the difference between good and bad for Mm -hmm. yourself and self-love and all the things I want to know for you what is the definition of love hmm
0: to me, the definition of love is, well, I'm going to answer this in the form of a significant other. Yes. You know, because yes. there's lots of different kinds of love. Yes. Um, to me, the definition of love is when you can be with someone and come to the table with all of your wounds, all of your traumas, all of your bullshit, all of your ouch spots and your triggers and they can do the same and you protect them at all costs and on top of that can love being with them to the point where you just know that life is better with them in it for me specifically there are days and nights where Tay and I are in the middle of like a laughing fit or when we're just like binge watching a show doing absolutely nothing and I'm like god I would so not want to be doing this with another person so many times during the pandemic alone I've looked at Tay and been like I could never get through this with any of my exes like for different reasons you know like I I like to just veg out and binge watch a show and eat shitty for, like, a weekend. And, like, some of them, like, wouldn't want to do that. They'd be like, no, no, let's, like, go out and be adventurous and, like, you know, be outside and da-da-da-da. And others that, you know, like, there's just no one else that I would have gotten through 2020 with. And I think it's important to have your definition of love be in alignment with how you love yourself. So... For me, the things that I give to myself, um, I also receive and feel that same alignment from my partner from Tay. Sweet. Yeah. <laughs> I have to say, um, I when Jackie was like, We need to do an episode about Javier because everybody's asking like why you don't, you know, go there and talk about it. Um I instantly Wait, like. Wait, no, can
1: I correct that? Yeah, yeah, okay. I didn't say we need to do an episode about Javier because whatever I say, I say we need to do an episode of Javier because I'm sick of talking about fucking Daniel.
0: Right, <laughs> right. Okay, fine. Fair enough. We need to like circle in the other X's more. Um, and fuck, dude, me too. I was so done. <laughs> fuck I mean, we had some, great, I hate that bitch. We had some <laughs> great episodes on Daniel, but like I was so done. Um, but when you first brought that up to me, because I know a lot of the listeners wanted to, to hear this too. Um, I immediately like broke out in a cold sweat and was like, oh God, I don't really want to go there because it's, it's hard for me, not because I have unresolved feelings of it um, because I, I don't, but it's hard for me because I still care about him as a person. I still care about his family. Like I, every interview I do, I am always like, I'm so thankful for his support in the whole process of the book. And, you know, i I don't ever want to sound like I'm bashing him or ungrateful for our relationship because neither are true in the least um, but I will say that i immediately looked at Jackie and was like okay I'll do it but can you do it with me (laughs) Sure. Uh, I didn't want to sit here and have to organize a solo podcast to do it by myself and I needed someone that I love and trust that was gonna like be my my partner through it and you were of course the person for that job so thank you
1: you're welcome
0: okay guys we love you love you okay bye (laughs) Ooh, what a freaking doozy of an episode that was, you guys. Um, because I brought Jackie on for this episode to, uh, t- to hold my hand and walk me through this, I wanted to give her the floor to do one of her FML stories. Believe me, there are many. We were laughing about which one we should even choose for her to share, but um, we're going to do this segment of FML stories from, uh, from our own. Producer, Miss Jackie.
1: Hello, and welcome to the Jackie Show. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just kidding. Um, okay, FML story. I think we settled on dude that wouldn't leave. Um, so I had a first date with a guy that I met at a bar, um, and he took me out around Hollywood because I live in Hollywood. Um, so we went out to some places like near Hollywood Boulevard, and we did like the whole thing and he's dropping me off at home and we're standing outside my apartment door and I'm like okay thank you good night I didn't want to kiss him I didn't want to like just gave him a hug like I wasn't that into him so I was like okay thanks cool good night have a good night it was nice to meet you we had fun blah 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 and he as I'm opening my door he goes oh my god let me see your apartment and he walks into my apartment uninvited and I'm like um okay that's really rude but cool this is my apartment time to leave <laughs> and he was like oh no 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 yeah let let's talk some more i'm like no 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 time to go he takes off of his pants he takes off his pants and climbs into my bed uninvited and i'm just standing there he turns off the lights and just like goes like he's going to sleep he's like come on time 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 to sleep i'm like no what the fuck i was like get out like what are you doing refused to leave i was like dude you have to go I'm like i'm gonna call the cops if you don't leave like this is not okay you were not invited into my house you like forced your way in time to go he's like no no i'll I'll go in the morning i have to call an uber i live all the way in santa monica i'm like i don't give a fuck where you live i don't give a fuck who you have to call get the fuck out of my apartment (laughs) he wouldn't leave so luckily my best friend lived across the hall from me and i texted her I was like dude you have to come over this guy will not leave my place and she's like what the fuck so she like knocks on the door and like I open it and she's just like we're we're both just like staring at him in the dark like she's her jaws dropped she's like what she was like dude you have to go like she's it's like starting to get involved and he's like yelling at us we're yelling back and he's like laughing at us and we're like I, I could not comprehend I was like why is this person like, like who who raised you like what who do you what can, can I call your mother I need your mother on the phone right now like get the fuck out of my place he refused so finally her boyfriend comes over he's like what's going on eventually he like lets up he's like okay I'll leave but can you pay for my uber I'm like gladly get the fuck out <laughs> finally he leaves and like I was like in my wildest dreams i would have never imagined that somebody could like invite themselves into your home take their pants off climb in your bed and then refuse to go
0: like who are you (laughs) okay so if you couldn't tell from her story let me paint the picture jackie is like this beautiful spicy latina um who does not take shit from anyone so the visual that i personally have in my head of this fucking story is insane um the audacity that men have to be like oh just because I went on one fucking date with you that means I should have access to come into your apartment uninvited take my motherfucking pants off and climb into your personal bed like what the actual fuck I I cannot (laughs) I seriously want to thank my girl, Jackie, um, she has been such a support system for me, not only as a friend, she is the one that convinced me and forced me to do this podcast, which has been such a blessing and works her freaking ass off to make sure that everything is up to my insanely high standards. And I so appreciate and love you. If you guys want to follow her on Instagram, her handle is at Jacqueline Marie Alberto and Her production company that is just kicking ass right now and producing this podcast that you're listening to every week is Chiquita Miami Productions. Next week, you guys, I am so excited for who I'm bringing on. Not only was she the biggest plus-size model to so fiercely grace the cover of Sports Illustrated multiple times, she is an incredible woman, a body advocate, and just an all-around really beautiful person. She also happens to know Daniel. I cannot wait for you guys to hear this interview. All right, my FMLers, it is officially time for our next giveaway. I cannot wait for you guys to see these gift baskets that I have put together for you. We are going to pick two winners. You're gonna get a bunch of awesome swag, of course, including some Eat Pray FML merch and a signed copy and a lot of other really cool stuff i cannot wait for you guys to see what's in there to enter all you have to do is post a picture rocking your merch when you feel like an empowered badass make sure to hashtag fml Talk Boss Babes, tag the podcast and me at gabrielle stone and tag three of your girlfriends who are your tribe in your comments We will be announcing our two winners on February 26th, so make sure you get your posts in before then. As always, make sure you guys are subscribed so you never miss an episode. And I will see you all next week with Miss Hunter. Cheers, guys. Welcome to As a Woman
1: fertility hormones and beyond. I'm your host, Dr. Natalie Crawford, and I am a fertility physician and co-founder of Fora Fertility in Austin, Texas. We will talk about a wide range of topics, including the menstrual cycle, your hormones, infertility, IVF, mental health, and well, beyond. So join us and become part of the community of collaboration that amplifies others as a woman.
0: This podcast has been brought to you by Podcast
1: Nation.